what makes a bra right for you kind of boils down to function, comfort and fit. Function, I guess, is the sort of first thing to consider. What do you want the bra for? Comfort is going to be key, whether it works for you. And then the final area is fit. And you could choose a great bra that's right for the function that you want it for. But if it doesn't fit properly for you, then it's not going to function appropriately. This is Sweat the Details, a collaboration with Under Armour and iHeartRadio. A podcast made for women by women that puts our training journeys, goals, and mindset at the center. I'm Tamara Pridgett. And I'm Adrienne Herbert. Every episode, we'll hear from athletes, trainers, and experts who will give us insights into how our bodies and minds work together in training and competition. In today's episode, we are getting up close and personal with our bras specifically sports bras and the best support during sport. Yes, I love this, Tamara, because I feel like most women lack the knowledge around what goes into developing a sports bra and really what the difference is between all of the various types. Yeah, for me, when I think about buying a sports bra, I'm really just looking for style and comfort and a cute color. But there is so much science and research that goes into making a quality sports bra. Exactly. And that's why we are going to jump right in with Joanna to begin to understand just how much research actually goes into creating the best bra for sport. Yes, I'm so excited for this. So let's do this. Hi, Dr. Skur. Welcome to Sweat the Details. We are so excited to speak with you today about our boobs, about sports bras and breast health. Great. Well, nice to be here. Nice to talk to you about it. It's an area that is really important to me. I'm really passionate about it. It's been my entire career. So delighted to have the opportunity to talk about it. Brilliant. Well, we certainly have a lot of questions and lots of things that we're hoping you're going to be able to share with us all today. So I guess just to start at the top, it would be great to hear a bit about your journey, you know, how you became an expert in bras and in relation to sports performance. Yeah, no problem. So um, my journey in this area began um, 18 years ago as a breast pain sufferer. So I really suffered from breast pain on a monthly basis. And then I went through a period where I was suffering from permanent breast pain. So it lasted for about four months. And in the end, I visited my doctor. So my breast pain was affecting my exercise. It was affecting my sleep. Um, it would affect the bras that I would wear. So in the end, I went to my doctor and my doctor said to me, well, we have no way of dealing with what we call benign breast pain. Um, and so instead, our advice is to get a good bra. And so as a scientist, I thought, well, that must be fairly easy. I'll just go away and research what a good bra is and, and off we go. So I, um, I researched what makes a good bra and soon found out that it wasn't that easy and that actually at the time, 18 years ago, we knew very little about the science behind bras and what makes a good bra, what the impact of wearing a good bra is. And so my research journey began there really with the initial question of what makes a good bra. And to be honest, 18 years on, we're still asking that question. So there's still loads of research to be done. Yeah. In your opinion, what makes a good bra? What 
does your research focus on when it comes to sports bras? Yeah, so when I initially started researching this area and realized that there was a real lack of scientific information out there about what a bra needs to do, what is the purpose of a bra? What, what, what does it do? Does it lift the breast? Does it hold the breast? Does it stop it from moving? Should it reduce pain? You know, so all of these sort of fundamental questions we didn't really know the answer to. So I set up the research group in breast health at the University of Portsmouth. There was three of us in the research group 18 years ago. There's now about 18 of us. So the research group has really expanded and our sort of core knowledge revolves around us investigating what we call the biomechanics of the breast. So the biomechanics of the breast essentially is looking at how the breast moves, the forces that act on the breast, so how much stretch or strain there is on the tissues of the breast itself, whether we might be causing damage to the breast tissue, why pain occurs in the breast. So all of these sort of fundamental questions we've started to research over the last 18 years. One of the interesting things that we live with on a daily basis, though, is that it's very difficult to answer that question of what makes a good bra. Mm -hmm. And the reason being is because we're all very different. What works for me might not work for you. And so that's challenging from a research perspective, but it's great from an industry perspective because it means that there's a, an opportunity for loads of different solutions. There's loads of different sports bras that have different features that will fit one person, but not the other. So there's this sort of great range of products out there. So in answer to your question, what is a good bra? I just encourage everyone to get out there, check out the market, try on loads of different things. Even if you think that's not going to work for me, try it on, jump around in it in the changing room. <laughs> <laughs> well, you mentioned that there's so many, you know, different variables there. So as you said, we've all got unique body shapes and sizes and we want to maybe wear our bras for different activities like running or, or boxing or yoga. So they need a different level of support. And as you said, there's a wide variety so we can go and shop around and try on different things. But I personally think that can also give you decision paralysis when there's so many options to choose from that sometimes you kind of think, well, which one is right? And obviously if you're having to purchase them as well. Are there any kind of hard lines there on things that we should look out for? So it's a really good question. And um, I always suggest that what makes a bra right for you kind of boils down to function, comfort and fit. Function, I guess, is the sort of first thing to consider. What do you want the bra for? Comfort is going to be key, whether it works for you. And then the final area is fit. And you could choose a great bra that's right for the function that you want it for. But if it doesn't fit properly for you, then it's not going to function appropriately. Yeah. So this whole area of bra fit is absolutely crucial in terms of getting the most out of your sports bra. In our research group, our mantra about bra fitting is to educate women on how to fit themselves so to empower women to be able to assess their own bra fit. And so we have sort of five simple tips for bra fitting. And the first one of those is the underband. So the underband is the bottom part of the bra that goes all the way around from the back to the front. Making sure that that fits you first off is the most important thing because the support of any bra, so that's an everyday bra or a sports bra, comes from the underband. 
So you want the underband to be acting as a shelf mm -hmm. almost. So a, a firm fixing around your torso and the cups then sit on that shelf. So you want a nice firm fixing in the underband. And how you check that is by pulling the underband out at the side. You shouldn't be able to pull it out any more than five centimetres. So if you can pull it all the way out a metre, then that bra is not right for you. It's the wrong size. Well, I'm learning that for the first time. <laughs> I sometimes find it restricts your breathing if it's tight, but then there's that balance, yeah. right, between like if you want it tight, so it's supportive, but you're like, I don't want my rib cage to feel like I can't breathe when I'm doing sprints. So I'm taking yeah. notes. <laughs> yeah, after a few hours, I feel like, oh, this is digging into my sides. Like, let me get this bra off now. <laughs> It is a bit of a compromise. I mean, if you do want that bra to provide you with maximum support, then it is going to be reasonably firm fitting. It is going to be reasonably stiff materials and they're going to hold you. That's the job in that scenario. That's what we want the bra to do. So that firm fitting underband is crucial. Um, the next thing to check is that it's level all the way around your body and check that it's level after you have jumped around, put your arms in the air, twisted, leant forwards, you know, so you really let the bra settle where it wants to settle. And if it's not level all the way round, then it's not tight enough. So that's always a good check. Mm -hmm. The next thing to check is the cups. And the cups should sort of sit on the underband and most of the support in the cup should come from the underband rather than the weight of the breast being carried on the shoulder. So we want to make sure that the underband is like a shelf and when you're looking to see if the cups fit, you're looking to make sure that you haven't got any bulging of breast tissue. So women often will check the sort of cleavage area and say, oh, no, no, no flesh bulging there. But also check under the arm because sometimes the cup is too small and so you get flesh sort of spilling out at the side. Mm -hmm. And likewise, you don't want the cup to be too big so it's gaping um, or the fabric's wrinkling because, again, the bra's not doing its job then. Next thing to check um, is the centre front of the bra. So that's the sort of bridge between the two cups. You just want to make sure that that centre front is sitting on the rib cage. And then the final thing is the shoulder straps. So the shoulder straps, again, like the underband, should be a firm fit, not too tight that they're digging in too much, but also not too loose that again, when you stretch them, you should have no more than a five centimetre gap on the shoulder strap. Another really interesting, important thing to consider with the shoulder straps is that you don't have to have them both adjusted the same. 97% of women have one breast bigger than the other. So it would be quite unusual to have both your shoulder straps in the same position because it's likely that you've got one breast bigger than the other. Mm. So having them at different levels is how it should be. So that's the five simple steps. There we go. I see you, Adrian, writing stuff down too. I'm like furiously writing because I have never considered half of these things. Everything you said, I'm like, yep, never adjust the straps, never check the band. I don't ever jump around and test it out. So I'm definitely putting these tips to use as soon as possible. Yeah, me too. As you say, lots of useful information in there. And could you tell us now, I guess, moving on a little bit more to the process and the research, since you've done so much work and you're so knowledgeable in this area and you mentioned, you know, how your team has expanded, what has that process and research development looked like to the sports bras that we have now? 
Yeah, so so good question. One of the early aspects associated with our work was understanding the difference between different sports bra styles. So sports bras support the breast in two fundamentally different ways. Either you can compress the breast tissue towards the chest wall. So basically you could squash it <laughs> or you can lift it and hold it. <laughs> and so sports bras historically were one or the other. They were either compression tops that squash the breast, compress it towards the chest wall, or they looked more like an everyday bra and they lifted the breast, they encased the breast and they held the breast. So they were sort of one or the other. And when we started our research, this is going back sort of 15 years, one of the initial innovations was to put those two together. Let's just literally sew one on top of the other. And so this idea of a combination of compression and what we call encapsulation sort of came onto the market. And we saw bras that looked like a crop top, but had some structure and some molding and an actual cup. And that was really interesting. And actually now we see probably about 80% of sports bras on the market have a combination of both some sort of compressive element and some kind of cup. So that, that's been really interesting. And then um, we've done tons of work looking at things like the effect of a good sports bra on sports performance. Mm. Yeah, We've done lots of work looking at the effect of a good sports bra on reducing breast pain, on reducing damage to the breast tissue. Um, so there's been lots of sort of innovations in those areas as well. That research, when it comes specific to performance, what have you guys found, especially when it comes to improving performance? My research group is actually based within a school of sport, exercise and health sciences. So we're embedded in the world of sport. So um, one of our first questions that we were interested in answering was whether a sports bra could help you be a winner in sport. <laughs> and so we've investigated the effect of sports bras on physiological function. So we found that a sports bra actually changes the way that we breathe. It improves our breathing frequency. And we think that that's probably related somehow to pain. So if you exercise without a good sports bra or with no sports bra, for example, then it could be reasonably uncomfortable. And we found with, with our participants that they might hold their breath or change their breathing frequency. We also saw improvements in heart rate as well, actually, when our participants ran wearing a sports bra. So we know that there's some potentially some physiological benefits to make you more efficient if you run wearing a good sports bra. Wow. We also looked at um, the biomechanical effects and we found that um, if you run wearing a good sports bra that supports you well, biomechanically we found changes in your um, stride length. So you actually shortened your stride wow. when you were running wearing poor bra support. We found that on average, women shortened their stride by four centimetres. And if you multiply four centimetres over a marathon distance, it equates to a mile. Wow. I think these stats are so important. You know, we, we focus on performance and, you know, with, as female athletes versus male athletes, you know, there's all of these things that without the adequate research and without this kind of data and support, 
Are women going to be able to perform at their best? And you mentioned, you know, the biomechanical effects, and we know that you've worked with Under Armour's biomechanics and innovation team. So can you talk to us about your experience working with the Under Armour team? So we've been working with Under Armour um, since 2009, so many, many years. What has always been great um, with Under Armour is their innovative thinking, which is reasonably unusual because a lot of the industry are very focused on what's going to happen next season. That was always a disappointment for me as a female working in the area of sports bras. I didn't want my new sports bra to be a, a, a slight variation on the sports bra I had last year. And that's what's happened in the bra industry. The bra industry has just been sort of evolving. Whereas actually what I found with working with Under Armour is they will wipe the slate clean. Let's start again. Let's look at what the breast support requirements are. Let's look at what the issues are for female athletes. Let's look at the issues with breast pain or with different anatomies um, so that you can really come up with innovative solutions for this rather than just a change from the bra that we had last season. Mm -hmm. So what are you currently researching, looking at right now when it comes to sports bras and performance, if you're allowed to tell us? So from a um, sports performance perspective, um, a particular project that we've been working on recently, which has been really, really exciting for us, is working with professional elite female athletes in the UK and um, initially what we've been doing is is basically educating them. I, I don't mean that to sound patronising, but essentially just giving information on breasts and bras. And we've had some really interesting, slightly worrying results come out of that project. We had sort of assumed that because professional athletes might be wearing a sports bra for longer than the general public that they might know more about sports bras. But actually, that wasn't the findings from our research. And uh, interestingly, you know, these professional athletes were reporting that they knew less than the general public. So that project with professional athletes started out with some an educational component. And then we went on to bra fit each of those athletes individually to look at the bras they were wearing, sports bras they were using now, and then to... Um, prescribe sports bras for them that were specific to their sports, specific to their anatomy, and that fitted them really well. So just to, to give you a snippet of the results, one of the athletes that we worked with was a shooter. And in shooting, you can't have breast tissue touching the rifle. And so for her, her issue was being able to move the breast tissue out the way. So she didn't infringe the regulations within her sport. So that was a really interesting bra development project where we had to move the breast tissue out of the way. And she saw a huge improvement in her performance. So that was really, really exciting project for us. Yeah, it's so important that we're having yeah this research done and this work is ongoing. And actually, even when you talked about, you know, Under Armour's approach when it comes to innovation and blue sky thinking, I really liked what you said about, you know, just reimagining and not saying, OK, well, this is what, you know, the kind of best options are or the best practices because that kind of suggests that what we have now is as best that we'll ever have and I really like that thinking of actually let's just scrap it start again and can we make something even better um, and I think that that thread of innovation definitely goes throughout the brand and it's something that I always keep coming back to again and again and something I'd really love to ask is, you know, I'm a runner and I'm always listening and thinking back to, to running. And I was actually thinking, say you've run, I don't know, 
a hundred miles and a pair of trainers, you might start to realize, okay, the support is changing and it's time to change the shoe. Is it the same with sports bras? Does there come a time where the fit and support will change and you actually need to replace them? Yeah, absolutely. And I think that, again, that's a really important point to make. Your optimum sports bra for you that worked really well when you first bought it may not be optimal in six months time. We're actually doing a study on that at the moment. And what we're finding is that the thing that affects the life of a sports bra more than anything is how often you wash it. It affects the life of the sports bra more than how much you wear it and what you wear it for. When you talk about the life of a sports bra, then it's probably worth looking at how many times you've washed it. Now, that's kind of difficult to keep a tally of that, I know. (laughs) Um, But make sure you follow the manufacturer's guidelines. So some sports bras are hand wash only. I don't know if you ladies hand wash your bras. I don't. (laughs) Nope. (laughs) I air dry, though. I don't know if that counts for anything. Yeah. and, And not many people do hand wash them. So those fit tips that I talked about earlier, check those regularly and make sure that the bra hasn't stretched so check the fit jump up and down and um, see if it is still giving you the support that you need yeah I want to look back a little bit because you mentioned right at the top of this interview that the reason a lot of this research and this passion started for you was because you were experiencing pain now for me personally, you know, and, and I'm sure for many listeners if you're experiencing breast pain or you also mentioned at one point about is certain exercise damaging the breast tissue? You know, that kind of can be quite scary. So what are the health benefits or the health risks of not having a supportive bra? So I would definitely talk first off about breast pain. And uh, I guess I'm a bit biased because I was and still am a breast pain sufferer. And um, so interestingly, breast pain affects half the female population. Wow. And I think a lot of people don't know that half the female population experience breast pain. And if you're one of the lucky people that doesn't experience it, then it kind of stays off your radar. So you you might not realise that actually the other half of the population are getting breast pain. And that breast pain falls into two different categories, really. Clinical breast pain, which is nothing related to exercise. It's breast pain that occurs either monthly or it occurs constantly. And then the other pain is movement-related pain. So this is pain caused by stretching on the supporting structures of the breast. And that stretch is painful. So you can have clinical breast pain, and then you've got movement-related breast pain. So for me, 18 years ago, when I first started this journey, I was getting clinical breast pain, so I was having pain constantly. But then I was also trying to exercise. I was trying to run. And so I was getting movement related pain as well because I wasn't wearing a supportive bra. So I had like a double whammy of two types of pain at the same time. So it was pretty uncomfortable. So that's one of the negative consequences of not wearing appropriate support. We know that appropriate support reduces and in most instances eliminates movement related breast pain. But also from a clinical perspective, we found that a bra is also effective at reducing clinical breast pain. So essentially, the solution to all of this is a good bra. Um, (laughs) 
So it has health benefits from a pain perspective, but it also has health benefits from a damage perspective. And this is probably something that many women don't necessarily consider on a day-to-day basis. But essentially, your breast is supported only by the skin and something called the Cooper's ligaments. It's basically like a spider's web that goes throughout the breast in all directions internally. So you've only got these two things, the skin and the Cooper's ligaments that support the breast. So we know elsewhere in our body that our skin starts to sag, it starts to stretch as we age. And so the same thing happens with the breast. But actually, if we stretch the skin too much, we can lead to premature sagging. So the skin itself has a stretch limit of 60% approximately. So what that means is, if you stretch it beyond 60%, you start to cause what we call micro traumas, so micro damage to the fibres in the skin. And what that means is it doesn't recover fully each time. And if you keep doing that, eventually the skin will stretch and it will stretch prematurely. And so that stretch then leads to a sagging, a drooping, whatever you want to call it, of the breast. Wow. I feel so mind blown. I really feel like I knew none of this prior to this interview. How should we be thinking about how we choose our bras for different activities in addition to what should that look like depending on the size of our breasts? Like I have really small boobs. I feel like I honestly could get away wearing a bra designed for yoga to run. And I personally would feel like, okay, this is fine. But I feel like that changes with people who have more breast tissue, all these different things. So like, what should we be focusing on when it comes to choosing a bra for performance? It sort of comes back to that function and what you want the bra for, what's important for you. So for you, if you don't get any breast pain, if you don't experience breast pain, and as you say, you've got smaller breasts, so you don't feel that they might Um, stretch the supporting structures of your breast. Yeah, not at all. (laughs) However, it seems to be all relative. So if you've got smaller amount of breast tissue, you've got less skin covering the area, so less skin supporting the breast. You've probably got less Cooper's ligaments inside holding the breast in place. And so personally, if it was me, whatever size my breasts were, I'd be wanting to protect that breast tissue from being stretched too much. And I I talked about that 60% threshold Mm -hmm. and stretch beyond that starts to cause damage. In our lab, we've seen stretch up to 120%. Wow. Yeah. So things like um, stretch marks, for example. So in larger breasted women, it's really common for them to experience stretch marks on the skin of the breast. And stretch marks are scar tissue. That's where the skin has been essentially broken. It's been stretched beyond its limit. That can happen from a rapid gain in weight and a loss in weight. That might happen during pregnancy, during breastfeeding, or it might be related to stretch. If the breasts are moving a lot, then that could happen. I mean, smaller breasted women suffer from a lot of breast and bra related issues, as do larger women. And um, we would hope that there are bras out there that will work for any size breast. But in reality, I'm well aware of women who are exercising, wearing two sports bras or 
even some women who've resorted to taping their breasts. So I really recognise the challenge that particularly larger-breasted women face in finding a sports bra that works for them. Yeah, I, I do think there are more brands that are expanding their sports bra offerings. Um, so hopefully they keep doing that. So hopefully more researchers like yourself and brands are just continuing to listen to the market, listen to what the consumers need and just expand the offerings so that anyone that has breasts can exercise in the way that they want without having to feel like they need to compromise or give something up. Yeah. And that's actually been another one of my experiences of working with Under Armour is there is a, a combined approach in terms of understanding the biomechanical and scientific requirements of a sports bra, but also what is comfortable, what a woman wants in a sports bra, what her preferences are. And that is really important because, you know, I come from a, a real scientific background, but I'm well aware that if I developed a bra, no one would want to wear it because I would develop it with purely scientific yeah. approach and it would be really ugly. It would probably be really <laughs> uncomfortable. And I'd just say to women, you put up with it. Whereas my experiences of working with Under Armour is the combining the consumer preferences and their feedback and the design and that side with the scientific um, support requirements. Yeah, I think it's really important because, you know, let's be honest, I think for a lot of people, when you're picking out a sports bra, maybe the colour and all of that sounds trivial. But in reality, you know, I think it's a, you want to feel good, you want to look good, you want to look cute. And I think that you're you're totally right in terms of obviously the functionality and, and performance has to be there. But we also personally anyway, I think a lot of women want to, yeah, they want to feel like they look good too. Yeah. We are going to take a short break, but don't go too far away because we are going to be right back. Top Thrill 2 is like no other course. Two 420-foot vertical speedways, three launches. All right, let's talk strategy. Copy that, driver. Go for maximum acceleration off the start. Measure that. You've got a short straightaway to push from 0 to 74 on the first vertical speedway. And what about the rollback? Rollback will set you up for an explosive reverse climb 420 feet in the sky so you reach 0 Gs in total weightlessness. 420 feet of straight-up speed. Let's get it. Top Thrill 2, the world's tallest and fastest triple-launch Stratocoaster. Get your tickets at cedarpoint.com. everybody welcome back i feel like we are all equipped with so much information to find bras that work for us the best and i think we could always talk longer and longer and longer but we have a fun game that's related to the conversation we're having so this game is called breast friend so we're going to ask you questions about bras and fitness and we want to know if it's your breast friend or not so do you love it do you hate it what advice do you have okay great well let's kick it off with breast friend is this your breast friend or not i think i already know the answer to this given this conversation working out braless that certainly wouldn't be for me <laughs> i mean there's there's lots of negative um consequences associated with that including the potential to cause some damage to your breast tissue okay number two working out in an underwire bra, breast friend or not? Yeah, I think that's fine um, as long as it fits. But really importantly, if you're wearing it for sport, 
then you want to make sure that it doesn't move when you're doing sport. Number three, wearing a smaller bra to feel like you have extra support. Yeah, that's a good question. There is no science out there that shows any negative consequences with compressing breast tissue. As long as it's not compressed by something like a wire, if it's held firmly by fabric, then there's no negative consequences associated with that. So if you did wear a bra that was smaller, but didn't mean that you're spilling out of it, then it might increase the level of support that it provides you. So it's fine. Very interesting. Uh, what about tops that have the built-in sports bras? I feel like that's like the new thing, like, you know, the crop tops that kind of, it's like a two for one type of situation. What are your thoughts? Personally, I've never found one that's worked for me, but in fact, I haven't bought one for a number of years now. So as long as it can provide you with the right fit and it functions well for you, then it's fine. I've seen some products like that that are a full sports bra that's just been attached in a couple of places to an over top. So it still functions exactly like a sports bra would. Okay, number five is a racer back sports bra or straight straps. A lot of that is personal preference. If you've got problems with shoulder straps slipping off your shoulder, then a racer back is going to be better for you. Conversely, some women find with racer backs, if the straps sit on your trapezius muscle, so they're sitting sort of up here near your neck on your traps, and some women can find that uncomfortable after a long period of time. So yeah, it's really just personal preference for straps. Awesome. Well, as I've said a billion times, this was so informative. I I never knew there was so much that went into developing a sports bra and just making it so that we can move in the ways that we want to move while maintaining like the health of our breasts. So Joe, thank you so much for sharing all of your knowledge with us because these conversations need to be out there in the mainstream more. Agreed. Definitely. Anything to raise awareness of this important area of women's health, um, I think is really important. Thank you to Dr. Joanna Skur for teaching us so much about bras. I honestly had no idea that there was so much research and science and time that went into creating a good sports bra. So I feel more prepared to just buy better fitting bras and bras that actually work with me and not against me. Yeah, and it was really great to hear, you know, both of our perspectives and the conversation previously. I just feel like often it's framed in a way that's only for women who have bigger breasts. And actually, I think it was really important that in this conversation, the key takeaway for me was that any person who is buying a sports bra needs to consider these things as well. When Joanna was talking about no matter what size of breast you have, you can have sagging, you'll be more prone to stretch marks and just like pain and all of these other things. I was like, okay, noted. I'm going to go make sure that all my bras fit properly. So that was super informative. Moving forward, I will be paying attention to all of that. Yes, absolutely. And also the impact on performance. You know, it was super interesting when she was talking about that because, you know, for a pro athlete, the small things, you know, the 1% improvement, that can be the difference between a gold medal, a silver medal, or no medal at all. So I think the, the focus on performance as well, it's really great to know that that work and that research is being done to support female athletes. Absolutely. When she said 
having a bra that fits properly or doesn't fit you correctly can impact your stride. When she said that, I was like, okay, sold. Whatever you say I'm doing because that's major. Like that totally influences your performance. Yeah. So with that in mind, when it comes to performance and achieving our goals, I think we should probably dive into our weekly goal check-in. What do you think? Yes, let's do it. Maybe I'll kick it off because I've been a bit nervous about this Tamara this week because for weeks and weeks and weeks, you know, I've been talking to you about my training for the half marathon. However, I still in the end had to do the race virtually. So I had to run alone. And unfortunately, I didn't manage to get a PB in the race. I, I really enjoyed it. But to be honest, I think I overdid it and I paced too well because by the end I wasn't able to make up the time. So, you know, it's not the last time I'm going to run a half marathon. So, yeah, didn't hit the PR yet, but maybe later in the year I can do it. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely going to happen. But like physically, how were you feeling? Did you feel prepared for it? Yeah, I really did. You know what? I felt that's what I mean about pacing it wrong. I should have gone harder from the start. I think Mm. I was like, oh, you know what? I'm going to pace myself, you know. And then the last 5K was the fastest of the whole thing. And I actually felt like I had more in the tank. So I was frustrated because I was like, Adrian, you should have gone harder sooner. But how about you, Tamara? How are you doing working towards your first heptathlon? My training has been pretty good. I was just talking to somebody about this where I'm in a new training cycle and it's been going really, really well. So I'm really excited. Like I'm just trying to be super present in everything and that seems to be working. Great. And so with that, what do you think you need right now in terms of support from myself as a teammate, from the listeners? What do you need right now to to keep that momentum and, and that gear change? Yeah, I think um, I kind of touched on it before, but that reminder of just like staying present. For me, I've learned like one, I have to be present. Two, I can't just like psych myself out of something that I haven't even done. Um, So, you know, just like those like reminders, um, it can be like a motivational quote. It can be whatever. That is always super, super helpful. And I'm curious for you. So you've already done this half marathon. Do you have a new goal? Are you going to like take a moment, reset and chill? What's going on and how can we support you if there is a new goal? Well, I'm still trying to figure out what that goal is going to be, because to be honest with you, you know, I always run for so many different reasons. Like running is just so much a part of my week. You know, it's just I'm still going to be running, but I'm looking for that next challenge. I don't know whether I'm going to focus more on endurance or whether I'm going to focus more maybe on speed but I need to pick something I've even been reading a little bit about ultras so never say never but yeah I'm looking for a goal right now so inspiration (laughs) would be great awesome well once you figure out your goal please let us know so that we can support you on your way to achieving it. Yes, I will. And also for the listeners, if you are working towards a goal right now, please do reach out and let us know. We would love to support you. We'd love to hear how you're progressing and any inspiration that you have for me will be well received. So you can reach out on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at Adrienne underscore LDN. Yes, we want to know your goals, but we also want the good vibes and energy as well. So send it our way. And I'm on Instagram at Tams Going Ham and on Twitter at Tamara Pridget. That's it for this week's episode. But don't forget to listen next week when we are speaking with Lindsay Vaughn, world champion alpine skier, entrepreneur and philanthropist. Trust me, you do not want to miss this conversation. Until next time, stay tuned in, stay motivated, and don't forget to sweat the details. Bye. Bye.
If you liked what you heard on the show, subscribe for free or follow the show on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you listen. And don't forget to leave a five-star rating and review. Sweat the Details is a collaboration with Under Armour and iHeartRadio. Our show is hosted by me, Tamara Pridgett. And me, Adrienne Herbert. Our executive producers are Jess Schreibstein, Giselle Lewis-Archibald, and Molly Socha. Our supervising producer is Maya Cole. Our producers are Ellen Kaplan and Kellyanne Toll. Our assistant producers are Natalia Tamayo and Bella Walco. And our sound editor and engineer is Sarah Gibble-Lasker. Keep up with the latest news in women's fitness by following Under Armour Women on Instagram at Under Armour Women. 